this week on Invasion the Podcast, the Batman loses his parents, and now his director. We put a quarter up and got next game as we talk about arcades. And I see if Joe knows his bleeps from his bloops. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, Ready Player One, Stedman, not the book. And, <laughs> and to my left is Joe, Ready Player Two, also not the book. Oh, uh, that threw me for a loop. I was like, what? What? Yeah. How um, could that be your favorite? It's not. Yeah, it's my favorite. I, I, I beat every single game with a single quarter, and then all the girls love me, and I get all the prizes. You just, you, you, uh, you drill a hole in the quarter, put a string in it, and just pull it right back out pretty much yeah um so all right yeah we're gonna talk about uh, arcades and uh have some fun there where uh, the arcades go well there there's some still around we'll, we'll talk about it yeah we'll talk about it um, uh but i just want to mention here at the top of the show we're not going to talk about wrestling other than we watched the rumble together so we've already talked it all out amongst ourselves yeah so no wrestling talk actually, it, it was a good rumble actually we didn't talk about it that much well we were sitting well, there watching it i know but like we didn't discuss it afterwards we could do that afterwards but anyway. <laughs> yeah it was good but i just want to mention since the last time we recorded one speaking of rumbles you guys really enjoyed our rumble that we did last show it was a lot of fun to do uh, and a lot of feedback so that was a lot of fun and we plan on doing we're not we'll probably do it again next year but, yeah so we don't want to go back to that well too much but it was a lot of fun yeah, it was a lot of fun you'll, yeah. you'll see the the rumble happen again yeah and then i also want to mention since the last time we recorded um, I went to go see Split, M. Night Shyamalan. Movie. I almost went and saw it last night. Yeah. Um, I watched Doctor Strange instead. <laughs> I I really liked Split a great deal. Not going to ruin anything uh, about it because I feel like there's there's not like the M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end, but there's enough going on there that I don't want to give it away. Um, I want to say James McAvoy is amazing in it. Mm-hmm. For a character that has 23 distinct personalities, which that's not giving away anything about the movie. 23? 23. You, you don't see all of them. You see a fair amount of them, though. And there are sequences where... They come back. He His face just shifts from one to the other. And it's just it's amazing to see him as an actor go from one, one persona to another and have a different dialect, different mannerisms. Just it's... It's awesome, but it's funny because it's like knowing that he played Professor Xavier and pretty much he's playing, um, you know, Legion, which would be Xavier's son with the kid that has all the multiple personalities. It just feels funny to me that like you're going to just play the whole bloodline, aren't you? Like it's but it's a solid flick. Um, not like it is tense in the same way that like 10 Cloverfield Lane is tense where okay. you're just like, are these girls going to make it? What's going on? Like what what's happening? Uh, not really jump scary, which I'm fine with. It was just more of a, it's a solid movie all the way through. I cannot believe that I'm recommending a Shyamalan flick again, like finally coming back to it because um, he's put out some shit. And this is actually, a, I, I yeah. like this movie a We lot. talked about this last week. He's on, yeah. the, up, he's on the upswing. So yeah, hopefully he, this can get him back on the board and he doesn't uh, he doesn't decide to go kind of uh, narcissistic about it. Did you did you see The Visit? I didn't know. Okay, last one I, the last one I saw he did was Devil. 
that he produced that. Yeah. He oh, did, he did. Uh, yeah. The guys who directed Quarantine did Devil. Oh, I can see that then. He he produced it. And Devil, Devil wasn't Devil bad. Devil wasn't bad. Yeah. No. Because um, he, he was trying to make those micro budget films like being associated with it. And now he's now he's with Bloomhouse. And those are the guys that do like all the like I want to say um, like The Purge and Sinister and Insidious. All those mm. micro budget horror films that are doing pretty well. So I feel like him being paired with a lower budget and a little bit more restrictive, like you know, ability yeah. is pushing him to to think. And I don't know. It's 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 a good flick. That's mm. I I do want to see it again at some point. Highly recommend it. But yeah, that's my mini review of Split. No nice. spoilers. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Any, anything else? Anything else going on? No, I didn't Other do anything crazy this week. You and I played some while me getting drunk, me falling asleep. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, that, that got cut out of hand. Um, but that was fun. Um, all right. And forgive me, my buttons are all messed up. Oh, we got a lot at? of buttons for the oh, for the game no. at the end, so all the buttons are off. Oh, here it is. Here's our news. everyone I, I had to read i had to read and i'm just like where's the button because <laughs> I, I had to read. switch from my normal bigger interface to a smaller I, one to accommodate all the buttons i don't know if any of this is good news but it's news. oh okay wait but yeah hooray hooray Denied. yeah it actually is all kind of bad shut news that, yeah shut that hooray down yeah um so uh ben affleck decided he's not gonna direct the batman so I, what's going on with warner brothers because they got that well um, the Flash is getting a complete rewrite, page one rewrite for the movie. The next day, uh, which I don't think this is credible. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, I read an article that said that he that he's going to exit Batman altogether after Justice League. I don't know, I, like, but and there's also rumors that the guy, the scriptwriter for Batman vs Superman, is coming in rewriting the draft of the Batman movie that Affleck wrote. So it's like, I. This seems to be there's not a lot of confidence all around yeah. with this, and it's it's, and again I know I had my struggles last week talking about yoga hosers and creative like you know Kevin Smith and all that. I'm tired of seeing bad Warner Brothers product. Not and it was fun for a while to see them kind of fall on their keys and have Marvel do well. I'm done with that. I want I want this right. All to be I think good. it's I been about it a good, good three two or three years of us just going okay. Let's let's get back up and walk it off. Yeah, and they're but like, they're just like oh, but. Oh man, I had a bottle opener too. Yeah. You're like, shut up, <laughs> get up. Like, oh, uh, I, like, yeah. I hope- I'm not. I'm not excited for any DC property movie to come out. No. Like, I will probably go see them. Like, I'm. I'll probably go see Wonder Woman when it comes out in March, and I'll probably go see. Uh, what else? Uh, Justice League comes out in November, right? I think so. Yeah. I'd- and I'm wondering how they're going to tie that in together. That'd be interesting, but. I'm not excited, you know. No. I'm excited for most Marvel movies that come out. Yeah, because the next the next Marvel one, when well, I mean, Logan's technically in yeah. March, which is Fox, but that looks after amazing. That, after that is Guardians. Guardians is in May, yeah. and Spider Man's in July. Yeah, and then uh, Ragnarok, Thor's in the fall. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, <laughs> you're right. Like, I think Ben Affleck as a director is actually pretty good. Um, I think he like. Did you see Argo? I didn't see Argo. I haven't, really, I haven't watched. Really good. I haven't watched a lot of his stuff. You you should check out Argo, just because the the story is is crazy. It's a true story. His directing solid. He's actually act. He's directing himself in it, which has to be a challenge. Because like, how do you how do you separate director self from actor self? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a, it's a good movie. It deserved it, it. It. I don't think it won Best Picture. I think I mean, it was nominated. 
yeah. but really no, good. he definitely has really good directing chops um what was the movie that just came out um, um oh um, live by night live by and, night and that didn't do so hot yeah and he was i think he was kind of a little butthurt about that because everybody was all about batman 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 yeah. and then like live by night did bad and he's just like you know i make other movies <laughs> live by night sounds like a good title for a batman movie though it does actually like yeah. batman live by night what watch the lego batman movie will come out and just do so much better <laughs> That's that's another one. I'm looking. I'm actually excited I, I for Lego. Am, I'm Batman. looking forward to Lego. Oh God, John Wick comes out next week. Oh yeah, I I saw the commercial. As I was at work, and I was like, I was like, he's here to save us from bad movies, and that's pretty much the truth. Um, we yeah, hope. Yeah, we hope. Right? We hope. I mean, sequels are are notorious for dropping balls. So yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, we, so if if Affleck's not directing the Batman, who would you want to direct the Batman? Oh man. Um. I don't know because I can't think. Of, I don't think a director's too much with the directorial style. Um, who would you want? That's a good question. I was just trying to think. I'm just like, who's who's new and relevant? And I'm just like, I was like, Christopher Nolan. Wait, he's already done three of them. That would not be good, right? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I would like to see them give, get. Give me the guy who directed Dread. I cannot remember the off the top of my head that directed the, the who directed Dread. And it, give me yeah. that. Give me that guy. Um. I would even ah no I wouldn't take him I was gonna say Shane Black I feel like Shane Black would run it and Shane Black would have done a good Batman movie in like the nineties like yes. in terms of like because because then you're still allowed to have fun with Batman now Batman has to be super serious and sad and dark yeah yeah I don't know anybody to capture that even Tim Burton yeah like even though Tim Burton I've heard so many mixed things about Tim Burton and his bat and his views on Batman so yeah anyway so all right best of luck Batman good luck with yeah. your uh, parents and your director. Yeah. So, all right. Other sad news. Uh, speaking of people leaving things, too. Uh, these are all people. These are all about people. In one leaving, way or another, yes. People leaving in one way or another. So, season 10 is going to mark the last uh, season for uh, Peter Capaldi as Doctor Who. No! Oh, I finally got caught up. Really? You don't play the Vader, no? I don't have it on oh, my it's mini gone. buttons. I can't no. believe you got no. rid of that. I, it's here somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, I... It makes me sad because I, I the story was supposedly that he was going to stick around for one more season um, after Moffat stepped away as showrunner, but I guess it's season 10's uh, Capaldi's last. And it's frustrating to me because I know I did this whole dead run last year of trying to get caught up on who, and I feel like I finally had some breathing room and I could enjoy Capaldi and be like, and I still can because season 10 hasn't debuted, but it's like, now that I know this is the last of a game of them, right. it's like, God damn it. Well, do you remember, I, I, I was... I was watching, I don't want to say live, but I was watching when Smith's last season came in. And it's kind of hard to watch that last season because you're just like, ah, I don't know what's going to happen. This could be the last. This could be it. You know, they, yeah. I mean, they tell you when the finale is, but. Yeah, they already um, said the regeneration comes with the next Christmas special. So season 10 is going to be complete. And then the Christmas special is the handoff. So next Christmas, we're getting a new doctor. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it's true. You, you know? think it's going to be uh, Haley Atwell? I would really, really enjoy it, but I know I know it probably won't be. But that's like that's a fan, that's kind of a fan pick. How awesome would that be, though? That would be so good. Yeah, yeah I would like that. I don't know. Or get get um uh, Loki in there. I'm, I'm really <laughs> yeah right. I'm really surprised because there is so much uh, uh, support in in the, in the fan communities for a lot of British. Uh, properties like James Bond and Doctor Who for progressive characters like Doctor Who becoming a woman, Idris Elba playing James Bond, you know, and it's Idris like Elba as Doctor Who. 
I would love oh, it. Oh, I would love Idris Elba as Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't even need a TARDIS. He would just go through time himself. Right. Like, it just, that's all it would do. It'd just be a badass. He would, and he wouldn't have a side screwdriver. It'd be a gun. It'd be a gun. No. <laughs> He'd always be dressed to the nines. Be yes. Like, Why are you always in a tuxedo? Tuxedos are cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, I, yeah. I'm, now I'm just turning him into James Bond. That's how bad I <laughs> want him to play James space. Bond. Um, but yeah, Capaldi. Capaldi's so good. Like, and I know I'm biased, and I, he's my favorite Doctor. I mean, and I say that unabashedly, knowing that I like of the modern Doctors. I like Eccleston, Tennant, and Smith a great deal for different reasons. Capaldi is just his sense of humor and line delivery. It just it kills me, and I love it. Like Tenet's like, still my close to that. Tenet's still my favorite Doctor. I I really I really warmed up to Capaldi as I started to watch the last two seasons recently. Um, and I and I think we talked about this before. Is like he he makes the Doctor his own more than anybody I've ever seen. Like you feel like you're you're not you feel like you're still getting the doctor but it feels more like peter capaldi yeah <laughs> like like cool grandpa like you're just yeah. like oh, i want that guy to be my grandpa because like smith definitely felt like an alien the entire time but like in a fun way he but did. he always felt like this is always new and interesting and yeah and then and capaldi's is more like get the hell out of my way i got things i gotta do yeah like there's there's an episode where there's a space mummy because it's doctor who and it's killing people in like a like a time like on a like every so often it's like it happens again and again and again when the next victim is picked, he's like, well, what do you see? Tell me what's going on. And the guy's like, can you save me? He's like, oh, no, no, you're dead. But please tell me. Yeah. Describe what's going on. So I could try to help the next person. Yeah. It's like he's just so blunt. Like, all right, well, you're gone. But yeah. that doesn't help me. Give me information. That helps me. Right. It's it's pretty it's pretty funny. It's a very it's it. It's very dry, like like most British stuff. But it's it's funny. Yeah. So I don't know what it is about having do- actors play the doctor for three seasons and done. I don't get that. Because I feel like you're burning a lot of possible character content. Yeah, you know? but I I uh, I think I think as as a profession, I think it's kind of like starts to become daunting because they want to go on and do other th- other things. Yeah, that's that's yeah. fair. I know Smith has had regrets of saying that he felt like he left it too soon. You know, but I, I didn't like. I how, think he over. I think he overestimated how popular he was. Yeah, he. In terms of like his next project that he work on, he's on that Netflix series now, The Crown, that people are all about. But other than like Pride and Prejudice, the time time of zombies, like when did you see him? Terminator. Oh yeah, Genesis. He like, was in it for a split second as Skynet. Yeah. 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 Spoiler. Spoiler. Um, but <laughs> spoiler, don't watch that movie. Spoiler. Yeah, but yeah, Smith kind of got a bad deal getting rid of getting out of Doctor Who. I really hated the way they they got rid of Smith. Yeah. Um, because if you look at the way that they got rid of Tenet, I mean. Like they gave him like two and a half episodes to say goodbye to like every character, <laughs> and then like like Matt Smith, Matt Smith did get a pretty cool movie with David Tennant, and then he had like a two parter where he like got really old somewhere in the yeah. middle of nowhere, and like then a Christmas Planet. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was it's really like, weird. And all I'm the like, enemies keep trying to show up, but it's like, and the Cybermen are made of wood because the sonic screwdriver wouldn't affect wood, but he knew that, and it's like. <sighs> Moffat, stop it! I am happy about Moffat leaving. Yeah, I'm getting a little sick of Moffat, yeah. and I talked about that when I when I said I watched that Sherlock because yeah. Moffat uh, and Mark is it Mark Glass, Gass, Gassman? He's uh, the, those are the two showrunners for for Sherlock, and Sherlock is just kind of eh. what if Benedict Cumberbatch became the new Doctor? He is he is the new Doctor. I know. Strange. I know, but I'm saying, what if oh. he became Doctor Who? Like, Doctor you, Who and you, Doctor Strange and Sherlock at the same time? That oh my be, gosh! Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. Capaldi, please come back. I know you're not gone yet. Please come back. Uh, All right. So and then the last thing, speaking of doctors that are no longer with us, 
Uh, John Hurt passed away. Yeah. How old was he? 71, 77? Something. Less, he was in his 70s. Yeah, so. cancer. Like, uh, Damn you, 2017. Yeah. Murdering everyone we love. Yeah, he was the war doctor in that, that crossover yeah. with... Uh, Smith and Tennant. Um and he was but but like um he was an alien. He was in everything. Just name name something and John Hurt was in. He was he Be was the surrogate vendetta. dad of uh Hellboy. Oh, he, I forgot about Hellboy. Yeah. Like Rod Perlman's gonna go just beat the shit out of cancer now. You know he's gonna do that. Yeah. He's just gonna be like, come here, cancer. And he's gonna have a cigar in his mouth, which is very not how you want to fight cancer, but he's just gonna do That's it. Absolutely not yeah. how to fight cancer. Um, yeah, John Hurt died. I mean I mean, I'll never forget when I first saw Alien and like a lot of credit to John Hurt for being in Spaceballs and pull, pulling off that joke at the end as well. <laughs> the same joke. Like, yeah, like the same character playing Kane. And like, if anybody's seen Spaceballs or and Alien, then then they got the joke. But like, to get the actor to do it, I mean, you know, I don't know. Credit to Mel Brooks too. I don't know. Yeah, and just good. It just I never heard a negative thing about about him. You know, it's like yeah. every people. Sometimes you always hear those stories, right? And it's like, and with him, I just never heard anything negative. Just nice guy, and a lot of things, like pretty much working up until he was gone. Yeah. You know, like and just so good. John yeah. Hurt's another one of those. I wish he was my grandpa. Yeah, he he sounded like he had a really good grandpa reading voice. Yeah, like he would read you a good story. Well, because the beginning of Hellboy too, he was reading the story of the Golden Army. Yeah, the right? Golden Army. Yeah. yeah. And he was in. Um, did you ever see? Oh, what was that movie? He was in with. Speaking of Ron Perlman. Uh, also had uh, Jim Caviezel Outlander. I didn't see that. It, it was like the like the kind of a different take on the the Beowulf story, where Caviezel was flying a spaceship with an alien and it crashes around the oh, Nordic time. I remember. And the thing gets loose in there, and it's basically the idea of what Grendel is. I remember that. And John Hurt was the leader of one of the Viking villages, and it was good. It's just, there's definitely a point where Ron Perlman's fighting Jim Caviezel, and I'm like, oh, it's Jesus versus Hellboy. This is amazing, and it was like. <laughs> But yeah, John Hurt was good in that too. Uh, but yeah, gone gone too soon. Um, and it, that's just a different. It's a different era of actor, you know. Um, that it just it, they're all going away. But we got to appreciate them while they're here. And I think he, I think he knew. I think he knew he was appreciated. I think people weren't afraid to tell him how much they loved him. Oh, I'm sure he was. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I also like to give him a lot of credit because I feel like some actors don't. Uh, they don't they don't dip into like certain genres like sci-fi like they did. You know, John Hurt was a pretty established actor and for him to do things like Hellboy and Alien and well Alien was really early but you know, uh even V for Vendetta, you know. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Um but again, this isn't us being like, oh, like you know, gone, I, this, I I'm getting tired of everybody making everything about them. I just we appreciate it. He's gone. It's sad, but he left so much for us to enjoy still so watch some john hurt like i've been meaning to get back to alien again just because what i love alien don't need me reasons to watch it but i wouldn't mind seeing that again and we got to go see a uh, covenant together just i want to oh, see oh yeah i just want to get your reaction fresh <laughs> i hope it's amazing otherwise i'm gonna be just like spitting blood in the theater i know that's gonna, like your yeah. your your star wars like is it is alien my star wars i don't know man like i don't I, know out of franchises like 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 with me loving star wars so much i think you kind of like fanboy most about alien i hear I, you talk I, about alien a lot. i will say that i know like, aliens is like your favorite movie <laughs> so there 
Aliens is one of my favorite movies, and I will I will hold it above anything Star Wars. So I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. What if you would have picked like a franchise that was kind of like like Paul? I really think you're more of an abyss guy. Like, look, like, I know how much you love Airbud, but they're just straight to DVD, and they're not coming the, back to the theater. Paul, you're, you're all about the buddies movies. You yeah. know, the more the more talking dogs, the better. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. Enough about that. Uh, sad news all around. Sorry for Batman and and doctors. actually, actually, our main bit is kind of sad. It is it's it about kinda, things going away. Well, but the, everything has its place. Member. And now for our feature presentation. I, I think we should get a a, a memberberry sound bit. <sighs> yeah, maybe. A lot of nostalgia with well, things. Th- that, that's what I'm struggling with. With this is that. I don't want this to be like, oh yeah, like remember all this. But anytime you talk about anything that has existed Me- before, you're going to say remember, remember that. Remember Rampage. Yeah, um, remember. Remember. Um, Let's make it into a movie because everyone remembers. <laughs> so the the guy who was the founding the founder of Namco, and his name's not in front of me right now. He passed away January twenty second, and he was the guy who was the, the he was behind making a Pac Man. He wasn't the one who created Pac Man. I was gonna say I I know the guy who created Pac Man's Doctor. Uh, I want something. Well, yeah, I yeah. can't say his name, but I know he's a doctor, and he's, yeah. he he's not that old. No, but yeah. the guy who was behind Amco, like he passed away, and he was people called him basically the, like the father of Pac Man because he he put the support in place to make it happen. So, it, and then that was kind of relevant, and we started thinking about like what to talk about this week, and then Joe mentioned arcades, and I was like, yeah, that's actually that's actually a pretty good idea. Um, I know and, you have a whole history here. I'm sorry you wanted to say. Sorry. Well, I don't want to go through like the whole history, like bullet points right away. But um, I mean, arcades kind of stemmed from gambling in a sense, like with uh, slot machines. Well, I was going to say pinball parlors and pinball parlors. Yeah. And like your first pinball was uh, called Baffle Ball, which came out in 1931. I was reading about that. Did you see that pinball was illegal in New York until yeah. 1972 mm-hmm. or 77? Uh, it was in the 70s it was illegal until because people they believed it was a gambling thing you yeah, know? yeah. The, the i can't remember the name of the mayor in new york at the time but he he cracked down hard on a lot of things and you know like organized crime and things like that and pinball kind and of pinball. fell into that because it was kind of gambling and at one point a lot of pinball parlors as rare as they were in a lot of cities would have to put a sign up that said for amusement only yeah um, just to just to advertise that you're gonna there was only a one way exchange of this money. It wasn't yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like when you when you go to uh you know the the casino and you're throwing quarters into it and it's yelling Franklin at you dropping like a ton of coins. <laughs> Franklin. Franklin. Uh, so um that's a Twilight Zone joke, folks. I know. Yeah. Um, we should listen to Strange Highways. We talk about that episode. I was on it. Yeah, that's Joe was I'm on it. It was <laughs> called The Fever. You should check it out where you get your podcast for amusement only. Uh, so. Um, it's interesting in the sense that you had one technology because pinball by itself, it, even though it's still around, it, it's not nearly as big as it once was. And also arcade machines are around, not nearly as big as it once was. Yeah, There was a tale of that technology and entertainment that went from, as we know, modern pinball from like the, the 20s, 30s up to the 80s. And the reason it died off was because of like of electronic gaming. A lot of, a lot yeah. of, well, they died off because of the, the same reason that a lot of the other things with the arcades died off. <laughs> And um, pinball eventually started to pick back up when people realized it wasn't more of a gambling vice and more of a game of skill. Yeah. And um, they, it, it wasn't so much that it became a sport. And, 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 and you know, after doing, like, research today, I, I, I see a very similar aspect of history repeating itself where you had, you know, a lot of people that were kind of like, eh, pinball. And then it became like, oh, pinball's cool because it's very skill-based. 
you know, in the 90s, you, you kind of had people with that with video games. It'd be like, oh, you're just sitting at home wasting your time playing computer games. Now we have massive esports leagues. Yeah, and that's, you you're know, right. That's, that's, that's kind of cycled around back to that. It's cycled around back to that. I mean, I'm not going to get into esports, but that's what it kind of feels like because you got your pinball wizard terms. You got people that would just kind of like, you know, uh, like score hundreds and thousands of points on pinball because they're 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 really good with the flippers and and uh people would look at it as something that they could compare to like any other sport yeah and uh, well that yeah i was going to mention you're talking about competition and i think that's part of what we're going to get to Mm -hmm. here um there is a documentary out there called special when lit that deals with kind of the rise and fall pinball and it's actually a really cool documentary um, cause there's actually a pinball tournament in Pittsburgh or around Pittsburgh area it happens once a year and people kind of come across the country to try to show who's best and it still goes on and it's kind of awesome. That's and I found cool. out today that there was a pinball museum in Vegas Yeah, and I didn't know about that. Yeah. And I feel like I now well, there, there was a really, really big, um, uh, classic arcade in New York that I didn't go see. That's called Chinatown fair that I wish I would have went and saw hmm. when I was there. So next time I go to New York, I might go to well, Chinatown. Now fair. I feel like I gotta go back to Vegas just to go to that. The pinball thing. Museum. Yeah. I feel like yeah I there's always that. stuff to go back there and do anyway. Um, but I feel like there, if I put my money in something, at least get my money's worth out of it. Right. Yeah. Some but. fun, some, uh, <laughs> like three minutes, three minutes of like, like, uh, yeah. flipping a, a silver ball around. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, with, with arcades, like booming in with video games though, it's like not till 1971 that Nolan Bushnell, uh, who a lot of people know from Atari, or may not know from Atari. Uh, uh, he really started... You heard the name, just think of Atari. Yeah, yeah. he, he kind of came up with the first coin-op video game, which was Computer Space, uh, which I think was based off of a computer game, but wasn't like a coin-operated game. That was originally supposed to be the title of this podcast. We were going to call ourselves Computer Space. Computer Space? Yeah, we were going to be... I didn't know that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Something Com- I didn't know. Computer Spaceman. But um, yeah, I mean, Nolan Bushnell's name is pretty synonymous with uh, video games because you know he came out of the 70s i think uh i think he graduated with a degree in electrical engineering something like that yeah I just... and ever since then he kind of like pursued you know he helped found atari uh and i think atari had six employees at the time yeah and and they basically just focused on gaming uh at the time what gaming was in the 70s and it wasn't uh until pong that they really kind of blew up and and when pong blew up it was like uh, you would have these pong machines where people would play pong, and the demand got so high. Isn't that the the story that was pong when they first tried testing it out, like a, like a a bar nearby? They got a call saying the machine stopped working, uh-huh. and they went to the bar and like they're like, "What happened?" And they realized the reason the machine stopped working because it was so full of quarters. Yeah, like they went to open it, it's like this can't function anymore because it's full of money. Yep, and they're like, "Yep, this is probably where we need to be with this." Yeah, and they like these machines were making about in 19, in the early nineteen seventies were making about forty dollars a day, you know. So for that to be in a, like you know a bar or. You know, because there were no arcades. I don't think there were arcades or pinball. Parties. Well, I mean, you know, it's it, as time went on, they changed. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but that was that was huge. So. Well, so like, okay, uh, yeah, I'm going to press the member berries button here real quick. So you grew up in an area where you're close to like you know stores, malls, all that. Is there an arcade that you could think back to that that's the place you would go to as a kid? I like, worked in an arcade when I was a kid. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Surprise, well, surprise. Nope, I didn't know that. So yeah. um, did they? were you small enough so they stuck you behind the skee-ball machine to go get all the loose skee-balls? Actually, I would put my <laughs> hand in front of the, the, the thing. If I saw it go into the 100, I would just be like, smack it back out. <laughs> They'd be like, damn it, I can't hit that hundo. Yeah, it's like, it's no tickets for uh-huh. you. Um, I'd so, hide in the claw machine. <laughs> like, no claw. Yeah. Be like, I saw a hand. 
You didn't see anything. Um, so so you worked in an arcade. I worked in an arcade from when I was 16. I worked there for like about a year. I was 16. And um, that was like, uh, that was my that was my spot from like probably 14 to 17. Like playing a lot of fighting games. But yeah. um, I got, I got, I got, I met a lot of my friends there. Uh, that's where I got my nickname for all my gamer tags, Akuma. Because oh. I play a lot of Street Fighter. Yeah. That's why I always use Akuma. Um, but... Uh, cause we didn't know any, we didn't know each other's names. I mean, when, when you get a bunch of nerds in an arcade, like we're already socially awkward enough, probably that we're not going to say, hi, you know, I'm Joe. Nice to meet you. I'm Randy. You know, it's just like, Hey, what's up, Akuma? Be yeah. like, ah, what's, what's going up, on? Dalzim? What's up? Yeah. What's up, E-Honda? I can't remember who, there was this one dude who worked in the mall and we would see him working at like one of the. With one of the retail stores, I can't remember what retail store it was, but we'd be like, "Yeah, there's there's Fulgore, like from uh, <laughs> Killer Instinct." We yeah. just knew him as Fulgore because he would use Fulgore so much. Oh. Um, but yeah, I worked in an arcade. I mean, it was interesting. Like, uh, I mean, you just did stupid attendant abilities, but like, it was cool to see the mechanics of the machines. You yeah. Know? And uh, like the coin, it was funny because like you know you had the key to the, the machines, you could just pop them open, and there was a very tiny, tiny little like almost wire latch. Where the coin would hit to—that's where you trip the credit. You just boom, yeah. boom, boom, hit it real quick a couple times with your with your finger, and then close it back up, and then you can give your people, your friends free games. Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> I was okay. So that's what. So I have twofold memory. One, there was a movie theater in my hometown uh, called the Manos, which <clears> means <throat> the hands. I don't know why the theater is called the Hands. The hands Theater. Um, maybe, maybe in retrospect, maybe stuff happened there. Anyway, uh, in the in the little foyer area in the front. They had like like maybe seven or eight, ten machines, mm-hmm. and uh, when the theater eventually closed, because you know who goes to small town movie theaters anymore? Uh, those machines were still there because the person that owned the building owned the building next to it, so the camera so they could watch everything, and that's where I grew up playing like Rally X. Um, what else was in there? Uh, Gyrus, which is like my favorite stand-up arcade game of all time. But that was like the closest we got to an arcade was like this little foyer area with enough machines. Yeah. Um, and Super Pac-Man was in there too. Like okay. Some, and Moon Patrol. There wasn't a um, lot of, there was like the 1978 to 1982 four-year boom of video games. There wasn't a lot of games that I played because mm-hmm. that was when it really exploded um, with your Pac-Mans because Pac-Man came out in 1980 and you had like a lot of machines making like 400 bucks a week just one machine just generating 400 bucks a week um and then like in 1983 it died off a lot because of et and a lot of people blame et yeah, well, well, well that i think that would be a great topic for another that's cast, another good the, topic the game crash but i really came into it like when it kicked into like that fighting game gear in 1991 when street fighter 2 came out okay uh because like when i was like a kid um there were like my first experiences with street fighter and mortal Kombat. like i remember mortal Kombat. there was a department store in amherst that had a snack bar area and they had mortal Kombat and they had operation wolf and i would always be like you know my mom would be checking out i'd be like let me get a quarter i gotta go play a game over there real quick before we leave and i remember that was my first uh um trip down mortal Kombat lane and and i remember i think it was raiden killed me with a fatality and I would probably stood there for like, sh- like, like shell shocked for like, like a good like thirty seconds, like that I just got murdered <laughs> in a video game. Because like before, it's just like I played Street Fighter, and I was just like, you know, we oh, just we punch and kick, oh. and when your life runs out, you're just like, uh, you know. But then like Mortal Kombat happens, and it's like finish him, and I'm just like, I'd always just be like, yeah, my final hit, got you. And this dude blows my head off, and I was just like, what? <laughs> You bring up an interesting point, though, about you were at a department store and they had a snack area with two games. 
I remember almost everywhere you'd go, there'd always be like one or two arcade machines. Yeah. And, and you mentioned because, honestly, once you get them set up, there was a time there where they were extremely profitable because people just drop money on them and that mm-hmm. would be it. There's very low maintenance for an arcade machine versus like a pinball machine, which wears out. Yeah. Um, I remember we had a 7-Eleven where we had the four-player Ninja Turtles game there, and that was like the only machine they had, but that's the only place I wanted to go because I loved that game at the time. Uh, and it just, I, there was a dentist office that I knew that had an arcade machine. Like, it just, it was just something that I think about now, um, and that's why I was surprised when we were out in Vegas, I ended up stopping at a gas station, seeing the machines in there and they were all gambling machines. And that's the first time I've been in a place that wasn't like, well, Vegas, I guess, cause everything has a machine there, um, that had like its own, like, I, I don't remember a time now where that happens, but growing up, it was second nature. You everywhere don't, you yeah, around, everywhere you turned around, there was every at least convenience store had at least one or two, one or two machines. Yeah, uh, movie theaters, of course, movie theaters still do have machines. Yeah, they do. You know, which I I, I remember going to specific movie theaters because they had specific machines. Like uh, there was a there was a spot in Sheffield um, that had Killer Instinct two. It was the first place I saw they had it because <laughs> my arcade didn't get it right away. Yeah, and I would go see the dumbest movies, and I would literally miss like the ten, the first ten, fifteen minutes just to keep playing Killer Instinct <laughs> in, the, in the lobby. Um, but no, the arcades themselves, like that, was more of a, a, a collection of the units. You had you had anywhere from probably like fifteen to forty game units in these arcades. Um, some would use quarters like the one I worked at it was tokens so you put your money into the machine mm-hmm. and the tokens would come out it was basically quarters but you didn't have to I guess manage the physical quarters as much well that and once you exchange for tokens where are they going to take them to you know, right exactly you, control, you know you just, you're not just cashing out quarters and people leave you're controlling you know? yeah people yeah. coming back to you but um, like uh, what was I what was I saying um, not the before the quarter machine oh. <laughs> but there's tokens you dealt with tokens you dealt with uh when you were you were Sheffield playing Killer Instinct. Oh yeah, so um, I, I you know I feel like with like arcades back then, uh, like you had they slowly started to die off because certain machines wouldn't become as profitable. Like you had your Mortal Kombat there, you know, you had your like your Virtue Fighter, your Tekken, like you know, but from like ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, mm-hmm. like when those all came out, and those guys would pull in money. But then you had like a couple other games that were there, um, like Golden Axe. You know, which was one of the first co-op like arcade games that you could play with your friends, uh, and I remember um, like uh, was it? I think Midway did a lot of different. Um, Midway and Konami did a lot of different four-player games. Mm-hmm. You know, those were really good quarter munchers, like your Ninja Turtles, your Simpsons. Yeah, those were different in the sense. So you you're you're jumping through a couple of different hoops here. So you go back to. Um, the, the what I think of is like the the core three of you have Pac Man, you have Donkey Kong, you have Space Invaders. Those three kind of set the tone for a bit of different experiences than what had come before, which were just shooting gallery games. And, and then you move forward where like those were you put a quarter in, you're going to be lucky to to play that game for five minutes, maybe at most, literally, because the degree of difficulty goes up so fast. Yeah, that you know you want to see if you can get a score, high score, high score, high score. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it moves forward where uh, you're, what you're talking about with like Gauntlet and Golden Axe and all of that, where it, it, there is a score because you have to keep track somehow and Rampage even to that degree. It was all about continuing the experience and always dangling the carrot for the next level. So they made it purposely hard because they knew that you could hit continue. Where before the other games were limited by technology where it's like, that's it. This is you what you're continue. getting. You didn't continue. Like, yeah. Um, like going back, like uh, we'll get into this in a minute, like the barcades, like when we go to barcades now and you play these classic games like Root Beer Tapper, Frogger, um, Gyroscope, 
uh, the, uh, was it gyroscope? Gyrus. Gyrus. Yeah. Why did I say gyroscope? <laughs> gyrus. Um, you put your quarter in and you go, and when you when you're done, you're done. Yeah. You don't keep going. You don't you don't continue when Frogger gets run over. You don't stay on that same level. No. So there was a little, little a lot more degree of skill involved with that to try to to try to keep it going. And that and that's where I feel like uh, some of that when you talk about esports stuff, I feel like that's where because there were video game challenges in the early yeah. 80s. There was the 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 national video game team and all that that silly stuff but like there was something there that isn't around now where it was um like this the steep learning curve not learning not steep learning curve but steep like you you know the basics you move left right you jump but then you realize there's a lot of pattern recognition and timing and just identification and that's the only way that's going to go and it's up to you to make that decision where now like even with a fighting game there are counters, there are blocks, there are maneuvers. The, 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 the tone of that entire round can change depending upon what you do versus that, where something like Frogger, that, that log is still coming and there's still an alligator coming. You know, you have, you, you know, there's a difference there, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's funny because people look back on all this stuff. I don't think people realize how short those games really were. Right. And cause you, like you said, so yourself, your mom was checking out of the store like how long does that take really? And yeah. you, you might be done by the time she turns around. Right. You know? Um, well, even, even not to get into the council stuff yet, but, or is like, uh, like some of the, the NES titles back in the day, like I recently just downloaded an emulator emulator on my PC. Cause I have an Xbox controller that I can, uh, USB into my, my PC. So I was playing Castlevania. I think I got to like level five or whatever the fifth stage was after the mummies in like 10 minutes yeah. and i'm like i'm like 75 percent done with this game <laughs> and i was like how the hell did i play this so long as a kid was i just that terrible at pattern recognition or just like <laughs> you know so i mean you're right like the, the games the like the length of some of these games are is is uh is kind of like i mean even if you look at it like now where um i think back to like the ninja turtles uh mm-hmm. like which was one of the first konami four-player games that everyone has played um, you know, that was a huge quarter muncher. You That's know, all it was because it, there's no, there's no way for you to navigate that game with one quarter, one with one credit and get to the end. There, no. I, I, don't, I do not think that there's a physical way for you to do that, but with one quarter, you could get to the kill screen of Pac-Man if you're, you know, like, uh, Steve Wiebe or whoever, yeah. you know, uh, Billy Mitchell's led to Pac-Man. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you Steve know, Wiebe was the guy. He did Donkey Kong. He did Donkey Kong. Yeah. So did, so did, uh, it, yeah, he did Mitchell. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, watch King of Kong. If you guys didn't watch King that, of Kong, that's a good documentary. Um, it also shows you how brutal these other games were Yeah, and how they're not for the fan of heart. Really? I mean, like if you want to be a serious video game player, like back then, it's like you really had to commit and you had to understand. And I don't even understand. Like yeah. I, like I play down. I'm like, Oh, well that was fast. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I was going to say, putting it into perspective, like a lot of these barcades now, like 16-bit, which is in Lakewood, if you guys have ever been there, it's uh, it's Lakewood's Barcade. And uh, it's a bar, first and foremost. They make all their money with the, the drinks. And all the video games that are there are free. You don't have to pay quarters. You just hit start. The Simpsons, the Simpsons there is there a four player. is a four-player game. And they have the X-Men game, too. If you beat that game, which I've beat it twice now... <laughs> I've never beaten it before when I was a kid because I didn't have enough quarters. If you right. have unlimited quarters, it is a lot less fulfilling because it, it's over fairly quickly. Like I think I finished it in one drink, like no two drinks. No, it takes a little while because it, it's it, yeah. it's about an hour. Yeah, it takes about an hour to beat. But 
back in the day to probably do that would be about like 20 to 50 dollars yeah because i actually did play the ninja turtles one all the way through by myself i don't even know how much i spent i did i yeah. did one game i think i did turtles in time all the way to the end yeah. by myself and i was just like that's amazing and not, then I no, not around. by myself i did it with people but we beat it i turned around and i was at 7-eleven and I, I i swear i this is such a sad thing to admit to I, there was some guy there shopping, and I was like, I just beat that. And I walked out. Like, the, who? He doesn't care. He's just probably there to just buy Mad Dog and leave. And I'm just like, I just put all this money in the machine. They told me I won. Dude, I used to, uh, I used to be able to do. There was a version of Mortal Kombat too. I could kill screen. Like, nice. Because um, there was a, and it had to be on a certain version. You know how it gets software updates? Yeah. I mean, they had to manually go in and do these because we didn't have no internets back then. Uh, so if you found a, a version of this, and like, you had to record your podcast by tape, then and hand them out as mixtapes. Yeah, outside of outside of like like uh, <laughs> hey guys, you want a podcast? Arcade, you want a podcast? Just check me out. Check out track two. You love it. It's all about arcades. Um, no, but the Mortal Kombat two, there was a kill screen option you could do with uh, the Babality moves with um, Katana because her Babality was like three down moves and a low and a low kick, and if you just keep hitting those two buttons like down 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 and mm-hmm. low kick, she keeps doing it. Like okay. she doesn't stop after you turn into a baby, and eventually, like the the game will just freeze oh. and reset. So That's I always funny. used to do that as like kind of like I'm peace out, I'm cool when I was a kid. Yeah, like I'd be like, oh, I gotta go. I'm playing my last game as Katana. It's- I beat you. Boom, 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 boom. Up, oh, game reset. Time for me to leave. And everybody's like, what did you do? I'm like, <laughs> I fatalityed the game. They're like, what? That's funny. <laughs> uh, I just I can't think of a time growing up where there wasn't like arcade games around me in terms of like, cause I mean, I was born in 78. So I was born right as the stuff was really booming and knowing like, just, I, I just, it, there is a nostalgia there. Um, and I was thinking about how I wanted to approach this topic in the sense of like, there's some history here where, um, the home console started showing up. So then people didn't come out as much for these because you could have a fairly decent recreation at home. Yeah. Um, questionable early on but yeah, now super much, nintendos were like for, that was close yeah. yeah i mean they they i remember when they had the ports of mortal kombat onto the the nintendo and the genesis and those worked pretty well but they i'm talking did, like but the, they, you, early, st- you still didn't get the full experience like the arcade cabinet still had better graphics and sound yeah and, you know and and just the and plus the arcade cabinets always had the cool artwork and just mm-hmm. the you're right the sound the speakers all that um I not to I don't want to go back and be like things were better back then no because it spent you spent money and it was you know and then that stunk because you just like you only had so many dollars right but you mentioned working in an arcade I also worked in an arcade kinda um, I worked for a few summers at Cedar Point and one of the summers I was in the arcade department so every morning I had to walk through the Coliseum to get to my my uh, my job and that's where all the main games are was that like, the big guy in the middle yes yeah, yeah. i've been there lots and, of times and so in the front part they have the newer games and in the back they have the older ones and yeah. the pinball the older ones the park owns so and then you go back to the older pinball machines but then there was just something about early in the morning i'd be singing one of the driving games like old old driving games just waiting for the, my bosses to get there and i hear all the breakers flip on and just hearing all the machines boot and then hear them all because every game exists just for you to play it. So every one of them started going through there like, you know, like noises and music and like, come play me, come play me. And the whole place was empty. And it was something about it was always really cool to hear everything just start up and go. It was like, a yeah, it was I could I can imagine that would yeah. be like some all that stuff coming alive. It was neat, you know, yeah. and it's like they're all doing their, their shout outs of like, come play me and all this. And then. Uh, and so I had to deal with some of that stuff. We used to have the empty tokens. We used to have to go collect all this stuff. And there was um, two stories I'll mention briefly about it because they're, they're, uh, one was we had a Robotron machine that was on the Fritz. 
ended up in the back where I was working and my manager at the time, my boss fixed it. And he looked at me and I was looking at the machine cause I was bored and I just kept looking at it. And he was like, he's like, yeah, just go ahead. You're testing it. So for like a couple hours, I got to play Robotron and get paid by the park. So I was like, I'm testing the machine. I was, and Robotron is one of the hardest games ever. I'm sorry. The game is really hard. I, I don't know if I ever played that. The two joysticks, one was for direction. One was for aiming. And it was really hard. Oh. Um, the other story is before there were, the actual like video games. Do you remember uh, the like like we're talking about the light gun games and some of the physical games where they had like actual arms and touching of like different targets and everything and it had a mechanical score. Yeah, there was a game there. It was called Whirlybird and it was this helicopter on an arm. It would just kind of drop drop down and you could it did to fly this this helicopter like in an arc and touch these different targets. And the helicopter kind of flew, but whatever. We had in the back room. They're trying to fix it. We all started talking to each other. We turned around. The thing caught fire. And it was just really funny because it's like you just see this machine like something out of a movie. You just see flames just shoot up out of the back of it. And they, they get the fire extinguisher. They're like, well, I guess we're done with Whirly Bird now. <laughs> and that game never made it back out on the floor. Oh, man. It's just like this old game. It was beautiful. Just caught fire. It was done. Poor Whirly Bird. Yeah. I would always look like uh, like going to Cedar Point, honestly, my m- the one thing I look forward to the most was going to the arcade at Cedar Point. Oh, the Coliseum Arcade is pretty solid. Because they had yeah. a ton of stuff. A ton. You could always find any game. Like, you, you could want, find you Gorf. They got Gorf. You, yeah, you could find <laughs> you could find the game you want to play. You could find your Rampage, your Ninja Turtles, your Tekken. But then there would always be like some new game. You'd be like, what is this new Terminator game? Like, yeah. You know, it's like, so they would always be up to date. And um, like slowly, in the, like I want to say, like you, you had your Dance Dance Revolution era. Well, that and like you're talking about the racing games, like your um, Daytona USA, Dance Dance Revolution, Time Crisis, Cruise, Cruise in USA, Time Crisis. They became more specialized experiences that you couldn't create at home, right? And that's where the niche was. That well, yeah. and then eventually it did almost go full circle back to like gambling in a sense, where yeah. you get your your Dave and Buster's, which came out in 1989, where their arcades center around tickets and prizes, which, um, like. Chuck E. Cheese was around too, which is also Nolan Bush- Bushnell's company, uh, which centered around kids and games and prizes for tickets. And now a lot of that is focused onto adults. So, like his company that he created with Chuck E. Cheese, which Chuck E. Cheese is still around. There's one in North Homestead, um, which still they, scaring kids. They still have decent pizza, actually. Really, I yeah. I don't think I've ever had Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I, I, Hate to admit it, but because <laughs> my fiance loves to go there for pizza, and we go there, and I'm just like, you know what? If this pizza wasn't halfway decent, I would be like, hell no, we're not going to Chuck E. Cheese for pizza because you're sitting there during during birthday parties just eating pizza, and you're just like, yep, that's actually kind of fun. That's a good, that's a fun idea. So, but um, anyway, but no, you get so, the, the oh, you guys have kids? No, no, just pizza, <laughs> pizza. Uh, we just really like animatronics. Leave us alone. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, your Dave and Buster's popped up, and like like the two thousands, like I want to say like two thousand five. I found a statistic: there were about twenty five arcades in New York City, and then in two thousand eleven, there were less than ten. Yeah. So they slowly really started to die off, and then the biggest one, like I was talking about earlier, was Chinatown Fair, uh, which is um, which which was a dedicated arcade pinball parlor. And then it closed its doors in 2011, reopened, I think, in 2014. And it was more of a Dave & Buster's-style ticket games where you have yeah. the big wheel you spin, you get tickets, you redeem them. Um, and that's pretty much all you have for arcades nowadays because like, you go to Dave & Buster's, everything gives you tickets. Well, that's why at least something like like the 16-bit, yeah, it's mainly drinks. But so that's the other thing I wanted to mention, too. Is like the, so now in this whole world where we're connected for, for good and for worse – uh, it's easy to sit on a couch 
and and play Overwatch with your buddy across town or whatever. The arcades used to be that, like you said, you had your friends and you all had your, you know, your, your, uh, everyone was, you know, um, names of Street Fighter characters. Yeah. Like, oh, look at there, look, there's Balrog. No one yeah. there Balrog. Uh, so <laughs> who used Balrog? Um, so it, that was a good connecting point. Also, that's where you showed off your skills. That's where you went. That's where your interaction was. That place was for you. Um, like you would have teenagers, I'm sure, but that wasn't really a place for grown ups. The, the arcade was always for the younger folk. Because that was disposable income. That's all it really was, is disposable income. And what do we have like that now? I mean, there are barcades for us that are being nostalgic and go, oh, yeah, I remember this game. I suck at it, but I got beer, you know. Well, um, you know, when I do go there, like, I love playing NFL Blitz. And I'm not yeah. a big football game <laughs> player. Like, I won't play Madden. But, like, I love NFL Blitz. But I couldn't sit and play NFL Blitz online against somebody. Like, the, the, the experience you get playing next to that person and talking smack – and just like playing side by side, the side by side socialization is the complete opposite of what we have with Xbox Live and PlayStation Network nowadays. Yeah, and I feel like that's where um, this is where it's coming back around, right? Like that was the point of like like the 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 arcade culture permeates so much to where even like you look at look at Tron, like the whole Flynn's Arcade, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the like there, and Disney thought that was going to be like the big thing. And Tron kind of failed at the box office when it first came out. And, you know, but Flynn was all about video games, right? If they you, only knew that would pave the way for every video game movie. <laughs> right. And, but then you even have something like later, like last Starfighter, which wasn't too far after where the whole idea is if you're really good at a video game, maybe you'll save the universe. Like, yeah. like the, I, the idea and the arcade is something that, um, it is it's almost a trope now like did you see that episode of bob's burgers where he got obsessed with the video game burger boss no it's it's really it's just him it's basically him getting obsessed with because someone beat his high score and wrote bob sucks for the initials (laughs) and he had to he had to try to beat it um uh, it's there there is there's something there that doesn't exist anymore in the sense that uh the technology isn't cutting edge anymore but the community i think is still there uh, but at the same time, it's like we're living in a time where th- these technologies are changing. Like, you know, you and I met each other because we worked at a video store. Where's one of those now? There are not many around. Yeah. You know, like video game arcades. They're, like you got Dave and Buster's, you have 16-bit, which that's the, the barcade concept is a new one, newer one. It started yeah. in New York and it's kind of taken off everywhere else. Like 16-bit has one in Cincinnati and Columbus. Well, it started in Columbus. It started in Columbus, Cleveland, and now, now Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So, um it's cool. I think that's great because uh, you're finding a home for these machines. Because otherwise, like you think about it, and what was happening to these machines? They were just getting like destroyed or left. Well, you know? yeah, and there the, there are people that that make a living off of collecting these machines and and doing vintage arcade stuff because you know they'll. And I guess it's like a, it is a buyer's or a, a a seller's market in terms of like they take all these old machines off of people's hands, refurbish them, and then they find barcades, they find collectors, yeah. they find people that are like, you know, I want a Ninja Turtles for my man cave, or you know, <laughs> I'm opening a barcade and I need a Ninja Turtles. You yeah, know, like so. uh, the pinball shop in North Olmsted. Have you been there? Uh, they, they specialize in selling uh, pinball machines and, and arcade machines, and they, they actually make their own custom cabinets too. I've not been in there, but it's I, pretty I know cool. It is. They had a Star Wars pinball machine, like one of the rare ones, and you're like, I love that's it. really neat. I can't afford that. I love pinball, but I'm terrible. Speaking of yeah. pinball, if you guys love pinball, make sure you go to uh, well, Super Electric, Super Electric in Cleveland, which is right by the Capitol Theater. So if you want to catch a movie before or after, there's a pinball parlor literally right next door to it. Um, what street is it on? It's on Detroit, Detroit, and uh, um, 
uh, yeah, Detroit and something. Yeah. <laughs> You guys can Google it. We're um, terrible with directions. Yeah, it's it's but near yeah, the thing. We um, have we have a pinball parlor in Cleveland. Go check it out. And we have a barcade in, in 16 bits. And we so, have a barcade. Um, so ultimately, I was thinking about this on the ride home. Uh, we have like, other. Well, there's one more barcade out in the east side. Well, the there. B-side is also a barcade. B-side. And I know, I think Harry Buffalo and Lakewood is also trying to do the games as well. Because really? they see Because they see, again, it's a draw. And people hang out, and, yeah. then, and and that's cool. I'm fine with that. Well, like, a lot just of bars, like we talked about the multiple with the board games, and you got the side quests. It's like it's selling. That's like, the same yeah. thing as like you're you're going there but to play board games, but there's booze, there's and you're having a shared food. experience. Yeah, and because we're at a point now where it's so easy to be disconnected because of your phone and all his objects in front of you, that sometimes it's it's good to force yourself to be in an environment where like I can lean over and watch you play Cabela's Big Buck Hunter and be like, I have no idea what you're doing with this game. You're like, I don't know either. And I'm like, shooting yeah. wild turkeys. Yeah, right. And have some fun with that and be like, oh, I'm going to try this now. I'm going to do this or or whatever. Uh, ultimately, all these machines are, they're all time machines and not in the Doctor Who kind of way. Like you, you roll through and you're like, this was the, the, the best of the technology at the time and it was the experience at the time and that experience isn't changing one bit because it's it, it's of that moment. But you can come back to it and be like, I remember this. This is ball-bustingly hard, but I remember this. Mm-hmm. And and the, the nice thing is, like other than the Mortal Kombat, because you had the software updates, some of these games, they, they came out and that's it. And they, they are going to be that way no matter what. So you have to come to them on their terms. And it's brutal, but it's also it's it's also like their their art, you know. And they were there to make money, but they did the best they could with the tech they had at the time. And just like you go back and look at Pac Man, Pac Man was revolutionary. It it created a different approach to games at the time because they were all very aggressive looking. And here you had this little yellow guy and these ghosts that were made. This was this game was geared towards girls. And you know what was you know what I feel like because girls were under they were underrepresented in these arcades, and that was that was the target. And you know what I feel like uh, Pac-Man is now is like mobile games. Like mobile gaming, mm-hmm. a lot of successful mobile gaming is as simple as Pac-Man. Yeah. And Pac-Man back in the day was, uh, honestly, I feel like the first mobile game. Because you look at games like Angry Birds and, uh, what's that, Flappy Bird, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Every bird no, game. No, it's Flappy Bird. Yeah. Flappy Bird. But they're very simple games. But it, it it does take a lot of like like strategy, pattern recognition. And it's something that you can devote a small amount of time to and get a lot of joy out of. Yeah, um, uh, so I think you're right. It's just a bit like uh, Pac-Man. Like you may never play a video game, but you know Pac-Man, right? Space Invaders was a big deal at the time uh, because it was a shooter, but it it was like the way it was angled upward. It was revolutionary at the time, and you controlled where you shot as opposed to um, where like, that was loosely based off a of Breakout. They were inspired by Breakout. They wanted to actually have something where you control where you're shooting, and the music would increase as the enemies got lower which that all seems obvious now that was revolutionary because the music's actually telling you something and that's a big deal, you know, and Donkey Kong was the first game to tell a story Yeah, with the three levels, which I never saw the third level, but you know, there's a story there. I don't know how it ends. Hopefully Mario found the girl. Yeah. But there was, there was revolutions there that people forget about now because they're, they're so we're so leaps and bounds beyond it. And there, there's true, uh, there was true revolution there. I mean, and I'm not again. I guess I'm putting up on a pedestal, but they're important, and they're important to us because without them, we wouldn't have the games we have now. You know, and we wouldn't. No. And I think it's cool. I think, uh, and they existed realistically. The boom was what late '70s to like the early '80s until you talk about the rise of the fighting games. That's a really small window for something that people look back on 
like very fondly and they think it was a much longer time like I th- it lasted longer than disco but not by much yeah the video game era with pac-man and all that is really not that long yeah real quick um yeah. before before we finish up um uh what's your what's your favorite guilty pleasure video game movie guilty pleasure video game movie like movie video game movie that you're like ah, oh, it's not that bad i like it oh um like based around the arcade culture like type of thing or, or just in general or in general oh shit um hmm I mean, I love Last Starfighter. That's a fun one, but that's that that isn't a real game. That's just more of an idea. Yeah, you know. Then you got the Wizard, which I don't know if you're going to mention. Oh, that. That's yeah. more console based. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm drawing a blank. I like the the original Mortal Kombat a lot. Oh, you mean actually based off a franchise? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that movie. I saw that in the theater, and it, like I remember seeing that in Street Fighter in the theater. And I was Street Fighter more, was terrible. I was more a Street Fighter like fan of the game than yeah. I was Mortal Kombat. That movie is just, I feel so bad that Raul Julia died shortly thereafter making that movie because he deserves way better than that movie. Yeah. Um, and Mortal Kombat was fun for what it is. I don't think it's aged well at all. Mm, um, parts of it haven't, but like the the music and the fight scenes, choreography, it was, yeah. that that holds up. And, and some of the story could, I mean, I feel like, I feel like they could take the the bones of that movie and make a really good Mortal Kombat movie if it came out nowadays. I mean, if we're going to ask my favorite video game movie, then straight up, it's going to be Scott Pilgrim. That's I mean that's that has to be the one because it's it, but it, it doesn't pay its homage towards any one game. It's just I don't more, feel like it, Scott Pilgrim's a video game movie. I more think it's a love letter the, to video games. I think it's a love letter to video games, but it was a manga first. Well, yeah, but it was a manga based off of like this like video game culture and ideas and yeah. boss battles and progressing. Um, you can even argue the Running Man's a video game movie because you have boss battles the entire time. And you're, uh, it's basically, you know, like someone compared it to Mega Man once. I'm like, that's pretty true. Like, you're like, no, I got a saw. Like, I could see. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know why you didn't take Sub-Zero weapons or right? buzz saws. But yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, let us know what you guys think of our, uh, like, your or your favorite arcade game. Like, what what did you spend the most quarters on? What was, uh, what was the toughest battle you had to do did you did you meet any cool people from the arcade yeah i like i said I, i'm wearing my uh my love on my sleeve but gyrus is my favorite game like like whenever the the 16-bit opened up in lakewood it was the the first game to the right when you walked in and i was like i'm home like that was it like and i'm fairly okay at that game but i'm not trying to toot my own horn but I'm not nearly as good as like you look up the scores. You're like, oh well, I can't possibly because you look at Twin <laughs> Galaxies and they're supposed to be the you know place for world records. I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm not that good, you know. But yeah, but I could play, I could play Gyrus for probably ten minutes on one play, and for and for an upright like arcade machine, I think that's a significant amount of time to play a game. Considering like you look at those other ones, you're like, you play like Donkey Kong. What was the average? I said the average Donkey Kong game was ninety seconds. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go ahead and put our initials in right there. All right. Uh, so, all right. Let us know on our Facebook page. We also have a website that is uh, currently, it's being upgraded as we go along and updated. So check it out. It's invasionofthepodcast.com. There's some stuff going on there. Uh, we have a blog started. Uh, not much there yet, but we're trying to get more added. Um, just something a little different than just the stuff we talk about. Uh, we have our Facebook page. We have our email address. It's invadingpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at invadingpodcast. And other, you know, that's, yeah, that's it. So check us out there. Uh, provide feedback. Um, yeah. So now now that we've talked about some video, arcade video games, we're going we're gonna to do some more of that. If I can just, there, tiny buttons, tiny buttons. <laughs> Time to play the game! Time to play the game! <laughs>
I'm going to test Joe to see if he knows his video game noises. As in, I try to get intros from video games, arcade machines, I should say, and see if he knows them. So um, I apologize in advance if these just tear your drums apart because some of these are kind of kind of loud. Uh, hopefully they're not. But we'll, play we'll them see. all at once. Like all everything, once, everything once. just got turned on in the arcade. All right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll start with this one. You okay. tell me. All right. Is it Rupert Tapper? No. It involves traffic. Frogger. That's Frogger. Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. Dude, that's him just jumping along. I was I trying know, to get the I know, music. I know. I hear it. Uh, the music. The I should. Yeah. Okay. What, what about this one? Hold on. Is this Double Dragon? It is. And you're you're going to walk up and just punch some woman in the face and throw over your shoulder and go away. <laughs> All right. And what, what, let's see here. What do we got here? Asteroids. Nope. That's not asteroids? No. Wait, 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 wait. Centipede? No. Close. That's Space Invaders. Oh, damn it. Okay. This one's kind of funky. Yeah. Good walking music right there. This is good walking music. Or if you're on a bike, deliver newspapers. That's Paperboy. Yeah, it's Paperboy. See, you know it's you know it's crazy. So it's different than the, like the Nintendo game. Is some uh, yeah? I was gonna say I played the Nintendo game. I never played Paperboy in the arcade. All right. So what about this one? That was just the start. There's a dragon. I'm gonna inflate it and pop it. Dig Dug? Yeah, that's Dig Dug. I was going to say Dig Dug. I haven't played much Dig Dug. Dig Dug is a lot of fun. Yeah. What about about this one? This one's going to be really tough. Welcome. Oh, it's gone. Treasure 100 points. (laughs) Yeah. There's really no music Does it go longer? I just love how they're there. No, it doesn't doesn't go longer. Dude, don't shoot food. The... The... um, uh, the the Gauntlet remake, Gauntlet Legends. I played the crap out of that in the arcade. Me and my buddy would go after school. Well, I think when I was in high school, and you could actually save your progress. Oh wow! So we would always go back and play the same thing. Do you remember Rolling Thunder? That's a side-scrolling shooter. Ah, it sounds familiar. That uh, was, was pretty cool. Anyway, that's because I. Oh, here's that. You, you, here's how my brain works. There used to be a convenience store, not a department store where I lived, and it's four year. They had Gauntlet and then Spy Hunter. So I don't know why my brain automatically oh, shifted Spy over. Spy Hunter, yeah. Not Spy Hunter, I'm sorry. Um, rolling Thunder. But speaking of, of not Rolling Thunder. That's Spy Hunter. <laughs> I know I that. I gave it up by accident. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so all right. What else we got here? Um, what about this one? Is that burger time? That's burger time. Yeah. <sighs> all right, all right. We got a few more here, and let's see. You got that? That's that one. This is all exciting. What I just know that his he made these weird noises when he went up the ladder. Yeah, he did, and he threw pepper. You yeah. only get like three peppers. Like that's the like you call it like like fool the enemies like three Rashing times. your pepper out, man. I know, but you don't move that fast. Whatever. The damn you, burger time. <laughs> I 
want to say Ghouls and Ghosts. No, that was Gyrus. I just wanted to throw that, that in Gyrus, there. Because, yeah. oh. you know, that's the greatest game ever made. Um, all right, what else we got here? <laughs> and I cut it off because it says the name of the game right there. Um, someone's getting ready for war. They're putting a knife in their boot. Oh, Operation Wolf. Yeah, that's it. Because I was actually going to leave it at the end where it's like Operation Wolf, but I didn't, you know. Anyway, that was, I should remember that, that one. Because I was like, I heard a zipper and I'm like, wait, what's <laughs> going on? And then like, and then I remember that because he puts on like a tactical vest or yep. something. Yeah. That was a, that was one of those games I remember like taking so seriously, you know, because it was a side-scrolling mm-hmm. shooter and like it would start flashing red as you're getting ready to die and you don't have to shoot the bombs out of the air it was really like why did they make these games about like terrible war experiences like that one in pow i remember remember pow yeah i always thought it was funny like with operation wolf like growing up i'd be like all that guy had was an uzi yeah (laughs) like you can't stop he had had an uzi and he just slowly moved to the right yeah like you can't catch him yeah right all right what about this one Just patrolling around. Mm, I don't know. On the moon. It's a moon patrol. Moon patrol? Yeah. I, I didn't right. play moon patrol. All right. Here's your last one. Let's tell me. This is a tough one. Okay. It's the toughest one we have here. What's that? Why is it Journey? Is it a video game? Why? Really? They had. You don't remember Journey the video game? No. No. Look, there was two versions of it. And did you have to air play uh, air guitar? <laughs> okay. So you know how like uh, Tron, the original Tron machine in the arcade had like the four different mini games. Like you had the light cycles and the tanks and the deadly disc and all Kinda, that. Kinda. Yeah. Kinda. So and Journey the video game. Uh, oh. <laughs> this is actually kind of ahead of its time. You you had a spaceship that looked like the ones off of the albums, okay, right? Yeah. And you're supposed to get all the members like back onto the ship somehow and you flew to these five five or six different areas and each band member had their own challenge and the thing is when you see the band members they have like a little black and white pixelated version of their head so like that one was steve perry running around trying to get past like these barriers <laughs> and like there's ones with the drummers bouncing on the drums oh, and you don't, you don't I remember really, this no i really want to play this game now. and every stage has a journey song it's like chiptune like that wow and then the atari version which i should show you a video of it i you know what remind me i'm going to link video of both the arcade and the atari version okay because they're completely different and the atari version <laughs> is one of the shittiest things i've ever seen and the whole thing is that you're just a little guy at the bottom of the screen running through space trying to find the journey spaceship and being occupied by all these like falling barriers and everything but all you keep hearing is a loop of of um don't that don't believing. believe in over and over again like a really bad atari version of it oh wow you don't remember journey no i don't and the and the, the atari version was called journey escape well, i remember yeah. man journey but no well, i don't yeah. remember the game so, uh, so i thought that, that was that, that was, was my joke you're like oh, oh you're like i've never heard this i game never before. i was like i'm like i just thought you found like a like a like a midi tune version of a journey song <laughs> that's pretty cool though that was yeah. a lot of fun I, yeah journey well that's how big journey was at the time they had, this is well before aerosmith had their game yeah revolution x yeah God, that was, did you like that game? That I was, thought it was okay. Like there was, I didn't that, get very far in it. Do you remember? Okay, there was this is member bearing city here. Um, there was that time when full motion video tried to get into video games. And it didn't quite work right. Like Pit Fighter. 
Yeah. Pit Fighter was terrible. Yeah, it was. But if you saw individual screenshots of Pit Fighter, it looked amazing. Yeah. But when it was like trying to actually function. When it moved, yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Uh-huh. And then Revolution X had that same type of thing. Well, Mortal Kombat like, basically did that. Like all yeah, of the, the figures were all act, were all actors that they captured. Yeah, but for some reason, like, because it, since it was two, well, Pit Fighter was 2D as well, but it just didn't look right. They were both made by Midway. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Pit Fighter was supposed to coattail it. We're gonna <laughs> Pit, do very Pit good. Fighter. That's that's that. That's my favorite movie. Is Pit Fighter. It didn't happen yet, but it's <laughs> gonna be guys throwing barrels at each other for two hours. Anyway, so all right, um, yeah, that's that's gonna do it for us. Um, again, hit us up on social media. Please uh, give us a five star rating on uh, iTunes and Stitcher and um, and Google if, if possible. Which I know I keep saying if possible. I'm sure there's ways to rate us. Just um, you could write up uh, an essay uh, uh, and how hand to do it. it. And ha- no, I was gonna say you can write up an essay about how much you like the show and hand it out to people. That's <laughs> at, that's at, old at the school. arcade. At the arcade, yeah. Like uh, you don't you don't have to use any of this fancy rating system they use. <laughs> It's like, I give this podcast five stars. It's like stickers yeah. just on the side of a piece of paper. Like, there you go. There's yeah. your five stars. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Bana- the banana stickers. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, so that's going to do it for us this week. Um, yeah, have, have a safe week. May you have many mans. I don't know. Many, many credits, you know, and always press continue. Yep. And where's the outro button? Oh, it's right here. <laughs>